Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome to episode 25 of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. 25 episodes. We've been going now since May the 11th and we are currently at the 2nd of November, which is astonishing and for me, amazing. So thank you listeners for sticking with us. And those of you who have told me in messages that you automatically download the podcast every week and you subscribe to it. Thank you once again. We appreciate each and every one of you. And um, this week, Joe and I are in conversation with Joe Munro, who is brilliant. She is another one of the VA trainer community, and she has a huge Facebook community for her members who are part of her training. And I'm loving the fact that we get to talk to all these different VA trainers as well, because each of them is different and will have a different type of community and and suit a different type of person. So on the subject of community, Joe, do you belong to any VA communities? Um, I belong to a number of Facebook groups. Well, where that's kind of what I meant, really. Large, large Facebook groups. So Amanda Johnson. has one, Karen Wiley has one, Charlotte Wibberley has one Um, and I also attend um, a local VA networking. Um, The lovely Alex from Auxilium Admin runs a VA network and um, I've attended some of her sessions as well. So it's in person or on Zoom or um, via Facebook as well. There's also um, a thriving LinkedIn community that um, I sometimes dabble in, not as often, but I do sort of drop in and out there. And it's such an important thing to have the community within your own industry. We all do things differently and it's always interesting to learn from each other and that's what you get from a community. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm part of a trainer community. Uh, an online one. It's it's a big Facebook group with a membership area off the fa- off of Facebook, uh, where we help and support each other. We do what we call spotlight sessions. So I ran one on Microsoft Teams for the trainers a while back. All that kind of thing. And uh, what what I find with the trainer community, and, and I'm pretty sure you find it in the VA community too, is we all have different skill sets, as you said. And it means that if if I get a request for leadership training, I can refer Jane to that. And if I got a request for negotiation skills, I can refer in Gary or telephone training, I can refer Audrey. So all of those things are really important and you can't have all the skills. And it's great to have a trusted network where you can find complementary skills. Do you find that in the groups you're in? Yeah, absolutely. And also this, it's it goes back to building the no like trust 
if something goes wrong in your business and you need some help urgently or somebody to pick up the slack, it's amazing that, you know, you can put your um, feelers out to the people in the community that you know well and say, look, I'm really stuck. Can you help me out with this? Or I've got a problem. I don't know how to use something in Microsoft or this document. Can you help me work out what's gone wrong with this spreadsheet or whatever that is? And, and it is so important. And also, the other thing is by building trusted connections within your community, if you want to take a holiday, which you will need to do at some point because we all need downtime, having somebody who can pick up the reins for you on that important client or just monitor your inbox perhaps and, and flag anything that's really urgent to you, um, well, that's worth its weight in gold. You yeah, know, yeah. and it's so important for you and your business development. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Well, on that note, I think having agreed that community is really important, I'm going to bring the interview with Joe on and, uh, and I'll see you at the end when we'll have another chat. Welcome to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And this week we've got the fabulous Joanne Munro, who is the owner of Joanne Munro PA Services and the VA Handbook. And we're going to talk a bit more about that later. So first of all, welcome, Joe. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. So we've got Joe and Joe. So it's going Joe to be <laughs> really interesting, isn't it? When, I, when one of us says Joe, we won't know who we mean. <laughs> so, um, so tell us a bit, tell our listeners uh, Joe, a bit about your background and how you got to where you got. So what made you do the VA, go down the VA handbook route as well? That's really interesting. Um, so I set up my business, I guess it was like November 2008. Um, and I was, I was working at the time in a race course and I set it up like, you know, um, in addition to what I was already doing, didn't really know it was a, a thing called a virtual assistant. Like I'm sure you've heard that story before. Um, I just discovered that people needed a hand, you know, in fact, uh, a friend said that her husband needed a hand and he was a professional juggler. So I was like, Oh, if a juggler needs a hand, then literally I'm, you know, probably anyone can, um, too. So, um, but I left my job at the race course in June of the next year. Um, about five, six, five years later, people kept contacting me all the time. Um, well, actually, let's go back. So when I was working as more of a VA or, you know, the VA stuff I still do now, which is as Munro PA services, even though I don't actually do PA services at all. It's interesting because often people say, should I be, should I say I'm a PA or a VA? It hasn't actually made any difference because people come to my website and they see that I'm not a PA at all. I do very specific techie services. Mm. Didn't really make a difference. Um, Anyway, while I was doing that, people kept um, contacting me saying, hey, your, your VA website doesn't look like all the others. It's quite modern. Um, it's modern and new. You know, can you give me some advice, etc." So I'd already been interested in like passive income. I kind of say that because it's, it's never passive, is it? Like, but, you know, I was like, oh, I was interested in lots of things. I was also following people like Sean Ogle from Location 180. Yeah. Um, he does Location Mobile Now, Pat Flynn, um, you know, uh, Brian Dean, just people that were into 
um, other things, SEO, travel, passive income, etc. So um, I was like, one day I thought, mm, I'd love to have a go at that. What could I do? What could it be? What could it possibly be? And then one day I was like, oh, you're an idiot. Um, of course, it's the thing that everyone constantly contacts you about. So I had noticed as well that a lot of the VA training websites uh, were, and in some cases still are, really old fashioned, quite shonky. The website was like all left aligned, you know, as if it was a print ad instead of a website. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to tell you everything. I will tell you all you need to set up a virtual assistant business. What I won't do though is tell you how I get my clients because I have a very specific technique um, that I'd honed, a direct approach um, that I had honed. I thought I'd just sell it as a guide, see if I can make a bit of money on the side, you know, just, just out of interest to see how it all works, etc. And that is how it all began. And now it's, uh, it took off from there. It's pretty much mostly what I, I still do little bits of projects here or there, but it's pretty much a full-time job now. So Wow, that's, that's amazing. And I was looking at your website just before, and I do love the modern look of it. The VA handbook one is great. I love all the cartoon characters and the colours. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted it to be a bit more like, rather than an old-fashioned secretary, I wanted it to be that it's a bit more modern, and, and it was what I specialised in too, which is more techie, techie yeah. services, I guess. So, yeah. So we, we're going we're gonna to talk about your tips for growing your business because you're really well placed to, to talk about that. So um, Joe Brianti, have you got any <laughs> questions for the other Joe before we get stuck into Joe's tips? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, you've talked about how you wanted to develop the, the passive income and um, I know that's a goal for a lot of VAs as a way of, of growing their business. but what advice would you give them because passive income gives the impression that it's stack it up and just watch the money roll in and what would your advice be because you know i'm wow. sure we've all seen those gurus uh, that say that you can just make millions while you're sleeping type <laughs> scenario but it's a complete lie yeah it's a complete lie it's so much work i mean it's i've got more products now i still have like a flagship course um i started off doing one-to-one -one training and then realized i was sort of saying the same thing over and over again different trainee but a similar pattern the process of setting up a business was the same for all of them they still had to do the same steps um but how they set up their individual business was different so the actual you know, practical things that we needed in place, I guess, equipment, um, you know, tax, um, you know, other things like that, managing clients, but building a business that fitted their own situation and lifestyle was something that was tailored. But I realized that I could put most of that in a course. So that's how the course came about. But you still need to write this product. You have to make sure that it's a good quality. Um, I spend a lot of the year updating my content and content um, and courses. I need to make sure that all the links still work. I need to make sure they're relevant. Sometimes a new thing will happen and that the law changes or something yeah. happens where I go, I've learned more now. Um, I've, I've been in business longer. I've, you know, I, I manage so many trainees now that I think that this needs to be updated and then that, and that advice needs to be elaborated on. And I will often rewrite entire blog posts or courses, in fact, to reflect that. Um, so um, I often have trainees actually saying, you know, can I have a, how do I have a passive income? And I'm like, well, it's a service-based business. 
Um, you know, it's like, I don't want the passive product that my plumber has or my hairdresser. Mm. I want them to do the job. I don't want to know how to cut my hair. I want them to cut my hair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's the same with a VA. I think if they're really interested in having a passive product, then what's that going to be? People have come to them because they want a, a job done, not because they want to know how to do it themselves. Um, so there's that for a start, but also the amount of work behind it, the systems you need to set up, how to deliver that product, how does that person log in or work through that product? What happens if there's a glitch? How does it connect to your um, payment system? There's so many things that you need to learn um, as well. I mean, a lot of the things that my own VA does is customer service so people are like i've lost my login or how do i change my login or because they there's a tour there's a there's a video on how to use the course site but they don't often watch it so um there's a lot of work around it and it does take years yeah i can second know. that i can second that i'm in online yeah. training and it's definitely not passive income yeah all. you have to promote it you have to update it questions about it it's a it's, I mean, for me, it's pretty much a full-time job now. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. Right, so let's talk about what we planned to talk about, which was your top tips to help VAs, our listeners, grow their own businesses. So, yeah. so what sort of things do you, where, where do they begin? Right, so first of all, it's worth mentioning that I have a free course on how to do this, um, which might be useful as well. Um, and first of all, though, I would say that the first thing is you need to work out before you do anything, you know, it's like there's many different ways of growing your business, but do you need, first of all, do you need to, you know, if you actually just need more money, then you, does that mean, so what does growth look like to you? What does that word actually mean? Does it mean that you want more work? Does it mean you want more money? Um, because everything that you need to do to grow your business will come at a price. And that will be usually time yeah. and energy that you will have to focus on, which means that you can't focus on the other thing. Yeah, which is normally um, normally time with your family or your children. So it will always come at a price. Um, it just depends which price you want to pay. <laughs> um, so first of all, what does growth look like to you? Um, to, you know, do you even have the capacity? It might be that you're like, I want more work, and then you go, Oh, I don't know, I'm actually going to do that work. Or now I'm unhappy because I've got more clients and I'm getting more money, but now I don't have time to do, you know, now I'm knackered and burnt out and stressed and now I hate my business. Um, so there's that because they all come, everything comes with a downside. The other, so then, so first of all, what does it look like to you? And then uh, have a plan. So there's going to be different ways, but then you'll need to say, right, if it's to get more clients, where am I going to have that capacity? So to prepare for that as well. Like, I guess if you had like a puppy coming home, you would like get the bed ready, you'd get the food in, you'd like, you know, uh, you would anticipate how that's going to work in your current situation. Um, first of all, I guess you can get more clients. So you know, do more of what you're doing, go online, uh, do all the things that you should be doing anyway, which is um, marketing your business. Marketing is simply um, building relationships and talking to people. I say to my trainees, you know, people have been doing business with each other for thousands of years. Before social media, before websites, you know, stop overthinking it. Everything's just a, a tool. They're marketing is talking about yourself and solving problems helping people building relationships so one you can get more clients the second one is you can uh, upgrade your clients 
So you can switch them out. So get better paying clients instead or ones that are just um, have more work for you. Um, you know, get rid of the often the early ones where people get and they're not really they have to charge less with the early clients because they're not then they're new. They're yeah. not new. They're new yeah. freelancer, but they're not new at doing the job. Um, so switch them out uh, and upgrade your clients to better paying ones. Raising your rates. Um, reviewing your hourly rate anyway is a, always a good idea to do that each year. But often if you are a valuable resource mm. to your client, um, they will happily, they're like, just don't leave me, I'll pay anything. <laughs> That's what you want, you know. Um, and a lot of that comes around the mindset, really, of asking uh, for more money and not like asking for it like a pay rise, like, oh, please, you know, um, like you wouldn't with a boss, but just my rates are going up from this date, this is how it's now gonna work. Um, the next way is to restructure pricing as well. So that would be to have um, like project rates. That's the only way, if you, you can only raise your rate to a certain amount yeah. um, before you, I mean, it depends, if you're an executive level PA or you've got really specific niche skills, then you can charge a lot more. You work with high net worth individuals, etc. Um, however, after that, it's going to be a project rate. It will be things like tiered pricing, uh, upsells, cross-sells, bundles. So say you do, um, for example, imagine that you are a virtual assistant that offers website management. So you can build websites or you can just manage them. You can do one price for building it. You can then have a second price, which is then um, doing the SEO, you know, finding the images, etc., And then you can have another one, which is like ongoing maintenance then. So you will always make sure that that website's secure and all the plugins updated, etc. So they can choose three different packages. And there's a lot of psychology around pricing as well, where how you place your, your product. So restructuring pricing. Um, project rates, I think, are a really good one. So for example, for me, I um, specialize in things like setting up autoresponders. You know when somebody wants like a landing page, but they want that then connected to like a trigger in ConvertKit or something, yeah. a tag goes on, that person gets an, a sequence of emails and that's all automated. So I know how to do all that with the different types of systems, lead pages and things like yeah. that. Um, so for me, because I'm quite experienced at it, I know that it will take me probably two hours. And I know what to ask for, what information, etc., to get to start. I can charge upwards of £250 for that. Yeah. So the client says, I, how much will it cost? You know, even if I have some issues um, and, you know, it takes five hours, I can't say I'm, you know, £175, um, you know, or £125 an hour. That would be like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. they'd be like, oh, but I can say it's £250 for the job. Yeah. So that's how, if you offer things like that, then that's really um, going to help grow your business financially. Um, the next one, there's only two more. <laughs> <laughs> the next one would be to um, upskill and or niche down as well. So again, if you upskill, then you can learn like that email management, lead pages, the things that people need. I noticed um, with my trainees, with the lockdown, as soon as everyone was locked down, it was the virtual assistants who 
were very tech. Uh, they knew how to like um, move their clients to Zoom. They were like, you know, you could do online classes. And the, then the client was like, well, how do I do that? How do I charge for that? How do I, how do I, how do I? Mm. Um, and the more tech savvy virtual assistants were on it. They had and still do have more work than they can manage. The more traditional PAs, they struggled more because their clients yeah. were more traditional businesses. Yeah. So if you upskill and have more modern um, uh, services, then there are things that you can charge a really good project rate for as well. Um, and if you niche down, like I kind of do, where I, I specialize in, in, in quite particular things that I know I can charge quite a lot of money for because nobody else can do them. <laughs> so I can charge what I like, you know, um, Yeah, often I know that people have like one virtual assistant that's like their regular VA. And then they will also have a VA for the techie stuff. And I know that because I'm the one that they call for that. Yeah. I also like those projects rather than ongoing work because I like to travel. Yeah. So I created a business model that works for my lifestyle. And the last one really is, is partnering up or getting us and getting associates. So two different things. Associates really is obviously, as you know, where you... Um, you take on more work and then you outsource it to another virtual assistant, but you still have to manage that mm, yeah. relationship. Sometimes it's not financially viable at all. And you've got a headache because you've got to manage the assistant. What if they're sick? What if they let you down? What happens when they're on holiday? What happens with insurance, you know, and all these things, do they have access to the client? Do they not, you know, contracts, all that kind of thing, but also partnering up. So for example, if you specialize maybe in like, copywriting or that's something that you like doing or SEO is um, another um, service that you're pretty good at then partnering up with um, other agencies or web developers because I know from where I live there's a lot of coders web developers and they will often bring other people in on the project so their client will say we need Im images sorting or we need you know like I know a graphic designer or we need whatever it might be so if you um, unofficially also partner up with other local business owners and freelancers, then there's more opportunities to be bought, bought in on a project as well. So that's, that's the other tips I have. Top tips, and that's brilliant. Thank you very much for that. I could see Joe's brain coming there. Yeah. Um, I could the, the, face. The, packet, the packaging of services is, is quite revolutionary when you move to that kind of model and, and you move away from the exchanging time for money and, yeah. and more into that packaged value-based pricing it, it can make a a, a revolutionary yeah. difference to your business can't yeah. it and, and and the the pivot where you might be doing a little bit of both um you know can help you blend your business and you know because I know that I had a conversation recently with somebody who was saying that, you know, they'd moved from hourly paid where she was regular retained to this package price. And now they were on this rabbit wheel because they were constantly looking for the next project. So there is a blend to be had. A combination it, is good. Yeah. yeah. And it, it depends on, I, I guess, your, your drive for your business, doesn't it? As you were saying at the beginning, what do you want? your business to deliver for you doesn't it yeah exactly yeah exactly and also 
it depends on what stage of your business you're at. I found that, you know, I have a pricing course with all these techniques in. And I always say to my trainees, don't, you've got to know your proper, your normal pricing first. You need to know like uh, an hourly rate and retainer before you even think about this stuff because they've come from the world of employment. It would, it blows their mind. Yeah. <laughs> they can't even get their head around 25 pound an hour. <laughs> you know? like, oh, it's a lot. And you're like, not so much actually. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of it's mindset, asking for money. Women in particular really struggle, I think, about asking for yeah. money. Um, people will immediately offer a discount before someone's even asked <laughs> for one. <Yes>. You know, <laughs> They're like, oh, but, you know, I'm not very really good or whatever. Or, I find it so easy. Why would anyone pay me? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so that sort of thing is definitely more next level, I think. And I always try to explain that it's the value. So, for example, I use two examples. One is that, you know, my hair, I get my hair cut. It's like... Well, whenever you go, it can be anything from like 50 to 100 quid, depending on where you yeah. go. But if you're not paying for the time, you're paying for the haircut mm. or yeah. the color or the treatment, etc. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I use an example of a plumber. So I often say plumber comes in, takes your boiler, does all the things and, um, you know, gives you quite a, a big bill. You're not, he might take 20 minutes. You're not paying for the time. You're paying so that you don't die of carbon monoxide poisoning in your sleep. Yeah. You know, yep. you're paying for his skill um, I, and his training. Yep. And I think going back to the hairdresser analogy, lockdown has taught us just how valuable a hairdresser can be. Yep, you'll you know? pay anything. <laughs> and it, it, but it is that there is that added level when you go to the hairdressers of that the, it's the experience and when you translate that into your VA service and your package of you know okay so i set up your autoresponders yes it's going to only take me 2 hours but how many hours will it save your client yeah. and how much money will they generate in their business exactly which yeah. is the return on investment for them and, and that's yeah. the mindset shift isn't it and that yeah. shows when you've come from employee to business owner because that shift is very important isn't it Exactly, because you're not used to doing that when you first start out. You're used to being told what to do. And actually, that's, that's been the case since you were young. You went to school. They told you what to do, how, how they wanted it done, when it's, you know, whatever. And then you go to, you know, uh, university, and then you go to the world of employment. And you're, the skills required to be an administrator, which is what most VAs actually have a background in admin, because that's one of the A's, um, and they're very organised. But it means also that they are very detailed people, which means they overthink things. Yeah. To be a business owner, you need a different mindset. You you need both. You need to be a good VA. You have to be a detailed person and to be conscientious and etc. But to be a business owner, you have to be a bigger picture person. Mm -hmm. You have to plan your own stuff. Sometimes they get very caught up in doing their the work, and they don't. It's like their ship, their, their, their own ship just goes into the rocks because they're not steering yeah. it. Yeah. You know, they don't know where they're going with it. They're so busy, you know, managing their clients' businesses that they don't put aside any time to manage their own. They don't assess it. I make my trainees assess their business every six months. We do a business audit. Um, where do you get your clients from? How much, is, how much are they actually making you? Who's making you the most money? How did you get them? What marketing methods are working? What is not? you know stop doing what's not working and do more of what is um, and to really evaluate does your business model match your needs current needs because it changes from when you first start up yeah 
you know your children may maybe you, you want to work certain hours and have a certain amount of money but later it might be that your kids are older and have gone to school it might be that you're divorced you need more money it might be that just insert reason here <laughs> yeah but yeah <laughs> that your business model will change and that's why it's pointless ever comparing yourself with another virtual assistant because it's literally not your business <laughs> yeah. you know none of your business how much they charge yeah Agreed. you sometimes see other vas saying oh i'm at capacity and they'll go well i'm not a capacity and you're like but you don't know what their capacity is yeah yeah <laughs> four hours a day yeah. <laughs> four yeah. hours a week and they're at capacity they might say i've earned more money than in my last job and then the va goes oh my god you're like but you don't know how much money they earn <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you like, just focus on your own stuff you know yeah absolutely how has your how has your business model changed uh, you know you've referenced the fact that you travel quite a lot you know and i know you put in your social media your blogs about you travel how do you blend working and your business model around your travel and your aspirations there well i knew from the start that i wanted a 100 percent virtual business model that didn't necessarily happen. So uh, the first couple of years, I definitely experimented with going into clients' offices, doing call answering. I kind of did a bit of everything until I worked out what I was like, that's not working for me. And um, I think VAs get caught up in this. So like, but it's bringing in the money. And I'm like, well, then you're still trapped. A job brings in the money. It's regular income. In fact, it's more reliable. Um, so if you just want something to bring in the money and be reliable, then go and get a job. You know, you need to make hard decisions. Um, and I called hard decisions for a reason. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you have to reject opportunities because they don't fit in with what you want long term. So I actually set up a location independent business model before I even had the ability to do it, the yeah. money to do it, the yeah. life, you know, the situation to do it. Um, yeah, I work from everywhere. Um, this is the longest I've been in the country for about three years at the moment. Um, and I'm heading off next week, end of next week for nearly three weeks. Um, I spent five weeks in Africa uh, last year. And last year I actually went to 21 different cities. Um, wow, that's amazing. During those trips, yeah. Um, I'm writing a course on it at the moment. I actually stopped doing it. I started writing it in Seville and I stopped writing it when lockdown happened. So I thought, well, <laughs> it's not going to be... <laughs> not going to be useful at the moment um, um and uh you, people can sign up and register register their interest in it but it tells it's basically how i how i do this the equipment i use um and you have to take on certain work you cannot take on work that's like i would check your emails three times a day that's yeah. going to severely impact on how you work um, it needs to be that it more project-based you know um and I know that people will do this with children as well. They're, they're people called digital nomads. Yeah. And they often do that with children. But they normally don't have a base. So they travel and stay on the road and go somewhere for a, anything from a few months to a few years. But I actually have a flat. I have a base here in Brighton. Um, so I'm, I really have a location independent business instead. Yeah. And I will go away um, anything from a long weekend to five weeks a month wow. um yeah you need structure yeah the work the work has to get done yeah. yeah yeah you have to have a structure for when you're away how you're going to get that work done and how you're going to have your free time as well i was interested yeah. in talking about 
the partnering up aspect because that's something I learned very early on in business when I set, I went from being a trainer for a training company to being a freelance trainer to running a business delivering face-to-face -face training and now it's all online but um, I quickly realized that I needed to partner or talk to IT support companies because their business, when I had the face-to-face -face company anyway, their business was supporting the networks of their clients. Mm. And when their clients were phoning up and saying, how do I make my Excel spreadsheet um, add up or how do I get my PowerPoint presentation to do what I want it, that's not their job. That's their jobs to keep the network running, fix the printers, you know, get, get the internet to work. So I had good relationships with partner services and they would feed clients into me because they were fed up answering the questions. So I think, you, you know, I think for VAs, it's, it's good mm. to look at what things complement your skills that they that you could talk to for them to send you clients i think yeah exactly i think also like business coaches particularly they hire virtual assistants a lot but also they have many clients and often their solution for their client is you need some help you can't do it all by yourself and the client says do you know anyone <laughs> and they go i do you know so uh, i found business coaches are prolific users of virtual assistants yeah. um, not only for themselves but also for their clients they need to be able to um, hand them over to someone that's reliable and it's that the money when we talked about money earlier i think i mean to be honest with you it's going to sound harsh but vas are kind of to a penny you want a VA, you can get one. You can get many yeah. of them. You've got your choice. I've got 16,000 of them in one, one of my groups alone. Um, but finding a good one mm. is really different. The, there's many VAs that can do the work. But the relationship side, they often, I've heard so many stories where people are like, you know, my last VA let me down. They um, didn't deliver on a deadline. They just disappeared. They took the money and left. They, um, you know, broke confidentiality clause. I've heard every single story under the sun, and I know many people that will never hire a VA again, actually. They've said, I don't care, I'll do it myself because I can't trust them. Yeah. And it's that, it's the, the fact that when you're a valued resource, where you, you understand the needs of your clients, you know, you're not necessarily just waiting to be given work. Um, you're like, especially even in, during the first consultation, why are they in business? Why is your client in business? What do they love about their business? Um, what are their goals for this year? What were their goals for last year? Did they meet those goals? Why not? Um, what do they want out of their life? Um, what would make their life better? How do they get their clients? How do they keep their clients? How do they follow up their clients? All these questions should be your business because then you can find solutions for them. You can offer ways that they can make more money and, and then they never want you to go. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're so valuable to them that they'll pay you anything. <laughs> mm, yeah. I totally resonate with that as somebody who's had VAs over the years. And I still think about the first VA that I worked with. And I used to say it was just like she was sitting here next to me in my office. And she would have ideas about my business that I hadn't thought of. Uh, and I haven't yet found that again. Yeah, and because that, they work with... Yeah, yeah. And they work with so many other businesses. That's yeah, that is really valuable. It's that insight of, yeah, I understand what you're trying to do. I love what you're trying to do and I want to help you do it. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had her on a big retainer and, uh, you know, she unfortunately she got ill um, and we had to part company because it, it wasn't working. But due to her illness, not due to anything else. And that was a very sad day on many counts. 
but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So I think what you're saying is absolutely true. It's finding those diamonds that can yeah. and the right VA. So I've had a couple of VAs, and um, the last one was incredible. We parted ways, but not because um, well, not because of anything bad. <laughs> what it was really is that she was more of an executive level uh, director you know, level old school PA. So she was fantastic at that kind of stuff. But I am a, I have a very techie business. Um, so some of the things I needed her to do, um, she sort of confessed, you know, one day she was like, I just feel anxious all the time that yeah. um, I'm going to mess it up because I'm not used to this. I'm always having to check myself, double check, etc. So, you know, she kind of not fired me, I guess. and was like, you're not my ideal client. And I was like, that's great. That's sort of what I've taught you. You need to... <laughs> be a good match of each other and yeah. she was doing her job beautifully but I don't want a VA that feels anxious that you know she's gonna mess it up and my VA now really tech-minded not only did she use many of the systems that I uh, use myself anyway when I introduced her to them she's not scared of them she's yeah. like oh it's similar to that other one so yeah. she can go and poke around and go well if it's similar to that one there should be a thing in the settings that can do this thing so she loves that works we're a really good match for each other we're also a very good match for each other in other ways so um my first va um had to she wanted to finish work at three o'clock so she could pick her daughter up from school which is wonderful but i like to work at different hours so i don't have any children uh and i'm, I'm not married i travel and I'm completely free my va at the moment is doesn't have any children. She's very similar to me. She likes to travel, etc. So she will often be work. Sometimes she'll message me or I message her at the weekend just to drop something off with her. Yeah. And she'll reply. She's like, yeah, I'm working today. So she might take a day. She might say, I'm taking Friday off. And I'm like, okay, because I take Fridays off too. So we, um, the job just gets done. But she has a lifestyle that's similar to me as well as mm -hmm. skills that she possesses. Um, and that's, none of them are good or bad. It's just a, a good fit. Yeah, yes. I think that's really important. Have you found that, Joe, with clients you've worked with in the past? Yes, very much so. Um, I think fit above, almost above anything else, it is, you know, half the battle because if you fit well with a client, um, you can work through the problems and you can work through new systems and you, you get to learn how their business works. And then that's where you understand and can bring value through those types of recommendations. Like you were saying, Shirley, you know, um, and you know, as Joe was saying about she, her VA now has a similar lifestyle. So her VA, if Joe drops a message at sort of 10 o'clock at night because she's chosen to work then, her VA is not upset because she can choose, am I working now? Yes or no. And she yeah. can park it till the next time she's working because you're both working on that lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, that, that works. And um, I've had clients in the, in the past where, yeah, it, it's just not been a great fit because our style of working is, is not similar or um, somebody, you know, I, I remember I worked with a really lovely client, very, very skilled, um, wanted systems and processes. I tried to get her to use Acuity Schedule to book her appointments automatically and she said, Oh no, I, I couldn't possibly ask somebody to do that. So then the next thing she was 
complaining because she'd spent two weeks trying to get hold of a client who was traveling to book an appointment. And I said, well, that's the point of something yeah. like acuity because Give you send them, a link. <laughs> send them a link and say, we need to have our next appointment, book something that fits you. Um, yeah. And that's such a, and, and it was just total mismatch. You know, she, she was very much old school. She'd worked in an environment in corporate where she had her own dedicated PA who did all of this stuff and, and, and she couldn't get past that, you know, so that, I mean, we parted ways very amicably and I found her a, a, a very traditional PA who was used to working in that way. And they've been working together now for three years and, and, and it's a perfect match. It's, yeah. You know, we're all very different. We all work very differently and our clients are all different and have different needs. I think it's, you know. Exactly, exactly. And knowing who you, one of the things I do with my trainees at the very beginning is like, you know, who do you want to work with? What types of people? And I'm like, even down to the fact that, like, so for example, I hate those, uh, I don't like working with like creative types. Yeah. There was like herding cats. I can't bear it. Um, some people love that though. Is their fits their skill set. I like really, really organised people, highly efficient, organised people that are just very busy and need yeah. a hand. That's who I want to work with. And I, if I see any evidence to the contrary before <laughs> I even start working with them, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be a headache for me, you know. And also the fact that um, my VA has a very similar lifestyle to me and and wants to more. So she wants to go on the road and do travelling. We, when we do it, we have a weekly call. And what we do is she, at the end of it, she stops the timer, <laughs> the uh, uh, toggle, and we talk about uh, other things. So I'm sort of, I mentor with her as well. So she'll ask me questions and say, this is happening at the moment. Uh, how do you do this? Or, you know, um, I want to travel and I want to, I got her to look through some of the outline of the new travel course. And she went, it's, you've written it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I have, I've, I've written it for you, Anna. So, um, yeah, that's a good fit in that way um, as as well. I, I had a, a conversation. I was on a webinar with um, <clears throat> a group of VAs the other day and um, a lady was talking about how she was booking somebody's diary appointments across four different time zones with different people. And I just put my head in my hands and went, oh, my God, please, please, that's... <laughs> I, need to, I, I felt like in a cold sweat because that's really and I said that's my absolute description of hell on earth yeah um you know I said give me the back end of the WordPress website or an active Definitely. campaign sort of automation or some sort of nitty-gritty that coordination type thing I, oh no no the whole prospect four time zones Gosh, I have enough problem with between me and Shelley just managing one time <laughs> two hour difference. <laughs> I'm the same. I hate that. I don't like that kind of work at all. And knowing, I think, what you do and don't want really makes a difference. And like I said, that when you first start out, that doesn't even occur to you. No. You know, no. I've spoken, I've even spoken to other freelancers. Um, I do um I've done talks sometimes about working remotely at my local co-working space. Uh, last year and afterwards some people came up to talk to me and um, yeah this one was like but my clients don't fit in that way and I said well you need then different clients and she's like the, the, con the concept yeah. of um, changing her clients to fit what she wanted in her life and I went well then you, you have the consequences you've got the wrong type you've got the types of clients that means you can't travel but you really want to travel you're listening to my talk because you want to travel 
So therefore, you, in order to do the thing you want, you need to change something. Yeah. They want something different, but they want, don't want necessarily want to make do anything differently. Um, and when I explained to her, you know, that she needs to, I said, you don't just fire them overnight. I said, just get different ones, swap yeah. them out, exchange yeah. Yeah. them. You need to now go out and find clients that fit the business model that you want. Um, and she was like, oh, uh, but it, you could see it was a new yeah, thought, a new and concept. I think it's quite fundamental. And maybe it's sort of after more years freelancing than I can care to remember. Um, the fundamental is to know yourself and know what you want, because that then drives what you want from your freelance career and your business. Yeah. Um, you, you know, as, as you're saying, if somebody wants to travel, then they can't have the sort of client that wants them in accessible nine to five or answering the telephone. Exactly. And I think the problem is, is that that sometimes is beyond the reach of many new virtual assistants, especially because you're almost institutionalized by the world of work where you're not asked. They want you to stay in that box. They've hired you for a particular job. They don't want you to learn more and go off into, we've got to hire someone else then, you know, they want you to stay where you are. And you also are often told when you're growing up by your parents that you're lucky to have a job. Yeah. You know, and that you should take what you're given and that you're even lucky if you work hard, you know, etc. And um and that's you're why often clock. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go clock and often <laughs> yeah, and so the whole concept of turning down work or firing a client. Uh I remember the first time I fired a client, it never even occurred to me that I could. Because yeah. I was, you know, when I see them sometimes they talk about that they're going to a consultation, they fingers crossed they really hope that they're gonna get it. And I'm like, you know that you're interviewing them, right? As well. You're deciding whether they are a person that you want to work with. Do they fit with your model? You know, what? because whenever anything goes wrong, the VA always, always says, I had a gut feeling about that. <laughs> I knew I should have trusted my instincts. I'm like, well, you've got to do that. Uh, but it's hard because you're just not used to the whole, it seems, it seems contradictory to turn down work. Yeah. yeah. But if you take everything that you're given, you're just going to end up, in the same situation that you wanted to escape from in a full-time job, yeah. which is being given work and told and being told to do it. Well, I, I left my job in a training company because I wanted to be in control of which clients I worked with and which days I worked. I had three small children at the time. Well, they weren't quite so small by the time I left there, but they were, you know, early teens. And I wanted to be around more and I didn't want to work every day. But then the consequences of that was at the beginning, First, my daily rate was ridiculously low. Um, it took me a lot of mirror practicing to be able to say my new daily rate. That's not a tip, by the way. Uh, Helen Pritchard mentioned it on LinkedIn yesterday. And I said, I used to do that. I used to do that. Um, stand in front of the mirror and practice saying whatever it is, hourly, daily, project rate, yeah. out loud until we can say it without cracking a face. Yeah. It's that I'll, smile, that lopsided smile that tells them that you're, <laughs> you're not. You're like, yeah. I also, I also say to my trainees, say your price and then shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, do yeah. not say another thing. <laughs> do not say another thing. <laughs> yeah. But then at the beginning, I, I fell into that trap, apart from the low price, of taking every job that came with every possible client. And yeah. it took probably about a year, I think, for me to realize that I worked better with certain types of clients than other types yeah. of companies and, and got more confident at raising my rates to, to what, they ended up, what they ended up. But yeah. uh, it's, it's a really hard thing. You're right. It's really hard to do when you first start. 
and it, and it and it almost contradicts the advice which is when you first start out i mean on, on one hand it is worth taking on things to try them out yeah. sometimes that's how you end up with different niches and going oh that's a thing let me and a, 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 often a new client will teach you something new and then you're like oh my god I love that you know um, and that's how you know what you do and don't want to do often but you need to be able to remove yourself from it once you go hey I don't like going into people's offices hey I don't like doing call answering hey I don't like working with scatty people you need to then not be stuck with that forever because you didn't know yeah Absolutely. Yeah. This has been the most fascinating. I yes. don't know, we've gone way over half an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but we've been having such a nice chat. It's been such fun. So thank you ever so much for your time, Joe. And um, yeah, it'll be out later in the year. We, we, we batch record our, our interviews. So I'm not quite sure what date it will be, but towards the end of the year. And, Wonderful. Uh, Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's, it's been a pleasure. And I'm sure we're going to get lots of, lots of chatter around this episode. Yep. Be great for you, Thank you. Thanks. Cool. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Right. Hi, Joe. Welcome back. I loved that interview with Joe Munro. And uh, it, it was quite amazing to hear somebody else and give her tips for working as a VA. She did give us some really valuable tips. And what I liked was her no-nonsense attitude. Um, that really spoke to me. And I'm sure that won't speak to everybody, but it spoke to me. And I think it probably spoke to you because I think we're quite similar in the way that yeah. we work. So what, what, what do you Agreed, do? agreed. I, I just found her her no nonsense very straight approach there's no there's no black and uh, there, no sorry there's no gray it's all very black and white and it's you know where you stand and and in business that is a really really healthy place to be um but at the same time she was all joe was very very warm and, and her advice and guidance for vas whether you're new existing growing scaling big team little team was really really amazing and and um that's that's the first time i've ever spoken to her and i was so so thrilled yeah yeah it was it was and uh and i you know i think being part of her community would be really valuable um to be yeah. but i think you can only be part of a community if you're a client so you know if you're looking at going down the route of going to one of the va trainers out there check her out because not everybody suits everybody. I'm part of, as I've mentioned in other interviews and earlier on actually today, um, part of a trainer community. And within my trainer community, there's more than one Microsoft Office trainer. And we all have a different approach, a slightly different way of delivering. And in the same way that there's a, a myriad of different VAs out there, many who will have similar skill sets but it's their personality that makes the difference. And we don't all get on with everybody. Wouldn't life be wonderful if we did? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So it's, yeah, go she, on, Joe. She brings something different, I think, um, in the way she talks about the type of clients that she works with and she's very very clear and instead of being very clear from the perspective of they're all coaches or they're all consultants she's very clear on the personal characteristics mm -hmm. of the type of client she wants to work with 
Yeah. And that's a very different slant as well, which was very interesting. Um, and again, as you say, rightly so, she's very much on the same sort of page as me. Yeah. And, and also um, another VA who has designed her business to suit the way she wants to run her life. Yeah. The, the, the ability to up sticks and go and spend a couple of months here and a couple of months there. Obviously not during COVID, but the rest of the time, um, like we had the interview with Sarah Banks a few weeks ago, who was able to take a year out and work abroad. Yeah. And they've set out to design their business to enable that. And I think whenever we start a business, it's very easy to fall into the idea that because we've been employed in a kind of nine to five, eight to 10, whatever specific times that we have to be in the office, we kind of think we have to run our own businesses that way. Um, and I know I've spoken to you about this before, maybe not on air, where it took me years to realize that the client I was speaking to couldn't actually see my Outlook calendar and didn't know that I actually wasn't busy tomorrow. Uh, when they wanted their training tomorrow and really that was too soon for me to deliver it because I had to work out what they wanted and plan it and prepare it um, but because my calendar was sitting there looking at me with a gaping empty space I'd say yes and yeah. it took me years to kind of factor in um, actually they can't see that so if I say I'm busy um, because I need that time to prepare that training session they don't know that's that's why I've said no to tomorrow so I think that's also a huge thing. And we've heard over recent weeks from a few VAs, haven't we, who have different working styles or different hours that they work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm not averse to doing a, a 5.30 in the morning start um, to get work out of the way before the school run or because I've got something going on in the daytime, which means that... I want to take that time out, um, you know, and also I find that working at that time of morning helps me because that's when I'm fresh, I'm on the money. And there are certain tasks that you really need to be in the zone for. Yeah. And in a very quiet, um, silent time of the morning when there's nobody else around, those are the types of tasks that I can tick off. Um, but equally, I know a VAs in our community, Shelley, who will be working at nine or 10 at night. And that is really not my style. My head is just not in that place. I can be reading, researching, but not detailed work, no. Yeah, yeah and that, that speaks also how we are all better at different times of the day. Yeah. And um, there are studies about this and there are books written about when you should you know, put your tasks Put your important tasks at the time when you've got the most headspace to deal yeah. with them when you're the most productive so maybe checking your email you can do at a time where you can do it with um maybe not a hundred percent concentration because it's a slightly less onerous task you can scan your email but if you need to get a proposal out or do a detailed presentation or a bit of analysis, you need to do those tasks when you're at your best uh, and your most productive time of the day. So I think that's been another fantastic interview. We've covered lots of different topics. 
And uh, I'm just having such fun learning from all these different people that we're managing to interview. So listeners, get in touch if you'd like to feature as a guest on the podcast. It's Shelley at tomorrowsva.com or joe at jlbsolutions.co.uk. At Virtually Amazing is the Facebook page. Do hop over and give us a like and a follow. We do post upcoming episodes there. And we'd love to hear what you think about what we're talking about. You can also find the podcasts on my website, which is tomorrowsva.com. There is a podcast episodes menu there. And you'll find links there to all previous episodes. And we'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you'd like to hear more of and who you'd like us to interview. And maybe if there's one of our recent speakers that you'd like to have back to, for us to discuss something else with them, let us know that too. Because it's, it's for your benefit, the podcast, and we want to serve you the best. So that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.